Intentional Living Center, where we're here to help people, including you, uh, experience life as God intended. You know, God intends for us to have more hope and freedom and peace, less regret, less anxiety. He really does. Not about perfection, but boy, I'll tell you, it's not about mediocrity either. And so we're here to help you think about how to be intentional. One thing that might help you today to start uh, breaking inertia and moving in a good direction. Got a question? You can share it on our storyline. I'm Dr. Randy, along with Jennifer and Stephen at 888-888-1717. I just want to say much thanks to those of you who have been uh, listening, those who call. We're here for you. Uh, and by the way, um, we're at the end of the month now. Just night, We're at the 11th hour of the month. Uh, and we just mentioned the last few days that we have a, a beautiful, just uh, created for the ministry, by the ministry, prayer journal called Beyond Words, How to Cultivate Life Transformation in Heartfelt Conversations with God. And it's our uh, gift to you as you're able to help us close this month of January strong financially. We need your help. Uh, frankly, we're listener supported. I know there's a lot of stress in people's lives today, but if you can share a, a gift with us, I commit that we'll use it to the best of our ability to impact more people uh, with the word of the word of the Lord and how to live intentionally in Christ. How do I do it, Randy? Just two ways. You can either go online safe and securely at theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com, or anytime uh, during West Coast business hours, you can just call us at 888 and uh, press number two and talk to one of our staff. They'd be happy to talk to you and receive that gift with appreciation because uh, we do appreciate you standing with us. All right, today's questions. Questions. One thing, how, how does intentional living help? Let's go. Debbie, you're the first. Go right ahead. Hi, my name is Debbie, and I'm calling because my husband and I just don't seem to communicate anymore. And when I try to talk to him, he just ignores me or walks away or just has a blank stare on his face and is like talking to a brick wall. He talks to other people, but he just doesn't seem interested in what I have to say. And I just don't know what to do about this. And if you have any suggestions, yeah. I would really appreciate it. Awful. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. That's awful rude, isn't it? You know, when I hear that, by the way, Debbie left that on our storyline here, like so many of you do. Um, that's rude. I always ask the question, if you have a spouse that doesn't communicate well with you, do they communicate well with others? And if they say no, they don't communicate with anyone, then it's the person's problem. Just an issue of not being able to communicate, need some training, learn how to communicate, importance of communication, and so on. But if they communicate with others well, and then just like you, uh, when you want to talk to them, it's like talk to the hand, then it's a problem in your marriage. All right? Big difference. So what do you do? I think you I think you got to get behind closed doors with your your husband and say, "Honey, I just got to give you a little picture of what this feels like." You know, when I try to communicate with you, I feel like I'm talking to a brick wall. You just told me that's what you felt like. I feel like I'm talking to a brick wall and my words bounce off the wall and come back into my own ears and nothing's being heard and that it really is painful to me. It's it's, it's upsetting. And not only that, but it's impacting a marriage, it impacts how I feel about myself how it impacts how I feel about you, um, about our relationship, about our intimacy, about where we're headed, just a lot of things which I don't want to feel. 
Can you help me understand? Here's here's a key. Can you help me understand why communication is difficult for you? So I can learn. And then Debbie, God love you. You got to shut up at that moment. Silence. Let him talk to you. Don't defend yourself. If he says, well, you're nagging me all the time, or no matter where we are, you always want to talk, and I don't want to talk, um, or it doesn't make any difference whenever we talk, I'm always wrong and you're always right, immediate response is going to be to defend yourself. Be quiet. You got to listen. Well, tell me more about that. How, how could I make that better? Um, how, what do you think would help you? What you're doing is you're keeping the ball with him and you're allowing him to express how he feels and allow him an opportunity to tell you some things that help him be a better communicator. If he does those things and you do those things, you've solved half the problem. On the other hand, if you just jump back in and say, well, that's not true and this is the way it is and you do this, you just made it worse. And then you might as well pick up the phone and call the local counselor because you need somebody who objectively can help the two of you discuss it. Phase one, try to do it yourself. Phase two, get a counselor, someone that can help you think it through. Okay? There's your one thing. That's intentional living, by the way. All right, uh, let me see here. Let's go. We've got another caller coming in. Uh, go right ahead. Hi, Dr. Andy. My name is Jillian. I'm a stepmom. I also have a son with my husband and one on the way. My question for you today has to do with you're talking about dads who live away from their kids and and we've had some issues with his son's mother recently. He's four, and she's starting to teach him that it's okay to uh, give daddy the silent treatment, and it's okay to be angry with daddy, that he doesn't have to forgive daddy. On the phone while they were talking, my stepson told my husband that he was mad at him for not going to the game, um, and which is fine, but my husband sat there and asked him if, he could forgive him, and he said uh, no, and my husband asked him, well, what, why not? And he said, because mommy's sitting here shaking her head no. We deal with things like that all the time, but it's really heartbreaking to me to hear that, just because it really, it tears up my husband, and my stepson is not a mean kid. When he's with us, he's amazing. I guess I just don't know exactly what the best way is to support my husband in this, because I want to I be there, so any input would be would be really great because this is happening more and more often. I really don't know how to support my stepson or my husband in, in the best way. You know, th- thank you, Jillian, for the question. I'm so sorry that you and your husband and um, mom and dad and you and everybody is, you know, who's mostly affected this four-year-old. We, we damage kids. My wife and I were talking about that this morning. When we walk, we talk about how kids in our culture are getting damaged. Not only in this situation, but just in this world in which which they're living, this is not what God intended. This is this, God didn't intend for uh, a mom to be downplaying and criticizing a father, even if they're divorced. That's not God's intention. And if if both of you are Christian, shame on you. Really, that's just not God's intention. Kids get drawn into the middle and become the pawn in a ping pong game between parents, and that's how they feel. They're, they're, if the parents cannot be mature enough, grow up enough to behave like mature adults. And even though they don't always agree, they're certainly trying to, to lift up the other parent so that these kids grow up and have a good relationship with both parents. 
Wouldn't it be nice? I would love to have a big room. We get all the divorced parents in the room and maybe we should do a conference on this and we can just talk about intentional living. You want to raise a responsible adult. Do these four things. Don't do these four things. All right. And I think intuitively we all know what the four things are. All right. Now to your question, what, how do I encourage my husband? Okay, I'm going to give you two things. One, Jillian, you and your husband need to pray for a hedge of protection around that four-year-old. That's biblical. Lord, here's the prayer. Lord, um, our, our little guy is in the middle of a difficult situation. Uh, put a protection around him from the evil one. Put a protection around him from the words that we might say or mom might say. Uh, that would be disturbing, confusing, hurtful for him and his relationship with his mom and his dad. And then the second thing is, you guys need to have a godly, Christ-centered, intentional home, setting your standards, don't picking on mom. If, if something comes up, it's not your job to criticize the, the, the mom, uh, to simply say, well, we see things differently, and this is how we, we are here. Uh, we believe in forgiveness, and it's something we make mistakes. We all do. And uh, when we do, we, we ask for forgiveness, we move on. That's just the way we choose to live. And uh, don't, make it a, don't make it a situation where the child has to pick. Because here's what I believe. These kids, I know they grow up and sometimes get really confused, but sometimes they grow up and are smart enough to say, you know, I can see how mom is doing things, and I see how dad or dad's doing things. And dad's doing things makes more sense to me. Okay? If you do it right, you commit in prayer, build a hedge of protection around your son and your marriage, and then you give him to the Lord. That's really him. It's, it's, it's God's um, business at that point to do the protecting. I know that sounds simple because you're a parent and your heart aches and you wish things could be better which I'll just slide in a little PS on that one thing um, to the extent possible, follow the scripture that says live with all people peaceably. If you can live with the biological mom or mom in a peaceful, positive way, you're more likely, right? You're more likely to have a positive, more positive outcome than if you battle with each other. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back. This is intentional living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. Maybe you've thought about doing this too. A few years ago, I made a decision that helped me get closer to God. I started keeping a prayer journal, and after just a short time, I began to see right there in my own handwriting, example after example of God's faithfulness. And what made it so powerful is that it wasn't someone else's story, it was mine. Now when life gets crazy or I'm feeling overwhelmed, I can open that journal and be reminded that God is right there with me. Right now with your best gift to intentional living, we'll send you a brand new 2024 prayer journal so you can begin writing down the stories of God's love and faithfulness in your own life. But this special gift is only available through the end of the month. So ask for yours today when you go to theintentionallife.com. That's theintentionallife.com. You know, uh, thank you, Kurt. Only available to the end of the month. You can see it. 
right over the horizon, right? The end of the month is just around the next sunrise and sunset. So this is the time, that prayer journal, Beyond Words, How to Cultivate Life Transformation. We've only mentioned it here for the last uh, couple of weeks, but it's our closing gift to you here in this month of January. It's a powerful, helpful, practical journal where you can record um, what you're doing today, uh, your prayer for the day, and your affirmations. This is such a positive thing. At the end of this exercise, it could take five, ten minutes every day. Uh, You're going to feel better. You're going to be more intentional for the day, more focused on the day. Boy, it's going to be experiencing hope. That's what we talk about, right? Experiencing hope. Beyond Words, uh, available through our ministry. Go to theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com, or you can call during West Coast Business Hours. All right? Through the end of the month here, 888 Press number two. Talk to our team. Love to, love to hear from you. Okay, Robin in Wisconsin, how are you today? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Good, good. What's, uh, what's your question today? Um, I just don't know how to approach this relationship I have with my mother-in-law. I've been married for um, 12 years, and I've been a mom for six, and she will neither acknowledge my marriage or the fact that I'm a mother, like on Mother's Day, and she won't acknowledge my husband oh. on Father's Day. And when we have get-togethers, it's like everybody will give her gifts, but she won't say, like, Happy Mother's Day to me or anybody else. I mean, I lost a sister-in-law, I believe, because of this. Um, And it's just, I feel like we're also expected, it's almost one event every single month that we're, like, expected to be involved in or to attend. And I just am really struggling. I need counsel, whether it's scripture or just advice, because I know boundaries are important. And and how much is this going to tear at my relationship? Because I also feel part of it is just eating at my marriage. When I talk to my husband about this, like, I can't, I can't deal with this, like, what do I do, Lord? Well, Robin, question. You you sort of imply she's this way with everybody. It kind of feels that way because even with Christmas, it's like um, Christmas cards will be sent out, but none of, like, we don't get them. None of her kids get them. Um, and I'm like, why don't we get the Christmas cards? And Does anybody said, hey, Mom, around? thanks for the Christmas card? No, I don't even know if they know that they send them, but when I sent them out to other friends, it was like, oh, I saw the, the card that you were in, and I'm like, I don't even know. Um, I didn't know of, that I was in a picture on a card. So well, how, how, does she, make- how does she treat you, though? I mean, just when you're with her, objectively. I it's mean, just, just, just being honest, you know, saying, okay, assume everything is okay. Does she treat you okay and re- with respect and so on? Um. I just feel like I'm not really there. And in the past, it used to be a lot of snide remarks. But since I've come to Christ, it's been a little bit different. Like, I have a church family now, and I've invited her to church. And it just seems like she doesn't want to go. She says it's too early to get up. But I just... Is she depressed? I, I want to love. It's possible. I don't know. Um, Does she live alone? She's a mom. No, she, she's married. Um, well, she what, is, what, is, what does dad say? I mean, her, her husband... I mean, is he uh, is he different? Know. Is he friendly? And- um, he he seems friendly. He has really great parents, and they're loving. They're still together. They're mar- they've been married for sixty five years. Um, but it's just, I don't I don't know what to do. I guess. All right. Let me tell um, you. Ex- let me give you one thing, Robin. I hear your heart. You, here, here's the deal. What I what I think I hear here. You have an expectation that you're going to have a good relationship with your mother in law. That she's going to be. 
what you expect. Send cards, watch the kids, how you doing, honey, big hugs, all these kinds of things that mother-in-laws, frankly, should do and grandma should do. It's why I think I think God leaves us around here, right? I mean, come on. We've raised kids. We get around here to love our kids and grandkids and so on. And she ain't doing it. And so we have a little formula here, Robin, that we talk about in intentional living. It's expectations minus reality equals disappointment. And that formula means in mathematical terms, you can only change two of those variables or you can change both of them or you can change one of them. You can either change reality, which means you put a boundary in place and we're not going to see mom-in-law any longer and she's out of our life and we write her off and we go on with our life. That's one reality. Or we can change our expectation. My suggestion would be change your expectation. In other words, and I know this is going to sound really weird, can we change the view of our mother-in-law from our mother-in-law to someone who's not really, we need to minister to. We need to love on her and not expect much back because there's something going on in her life and she's needy and hurting and what I want I'm never going to get and I'm beating my head against the wall if I keep asking for it, but I'm going to love her. I'm going to send the Christmas cards anyway, and I'm going to go there for turkey dinner, and we're going to spend time together, and I'll keep inviting her to church, and I'm going to keep loving on her and praying for her, and I'm going to expect very little back. What do you think? I agree with you. I um, I just need help with it not um, destroying my marriage in the process. Why is that? Why would it destroy your marriage? Because when I express these concerns to my husband, I just, I feel like he doesn't see it. And, um, I don't know. I just, um, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I I feel like if I'm expected to go to all these events, it's like, and two, part of it feels like when I go to these events, it's tearing away at a part of my, like being close to Christ. Um, because it puts me, it it really bugs you. Yeah. Spiritual warfare. Yeah, because you have an expectation she's going to be something different next time, and, and she's not. What Can you is give your, me a scripture? What is your husband? Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a scripture that says, to the extent possible, and that's an interesting way of putting it, we're to live at peace with everyone. And, of course, we're also talking about honoring our mothers and fathers, our parents. And honor doesn't mean obedience. It doesn't mean being a doormat. But we can honor, here's what we can honor a person. We can honor a person by putting boundaries in place. Now, maybe, maybe what you could do without, but by the way, you, you just, I really encourage you not to let, let this destroy your marriage because I've seen in-law relationships destroy marriages and shame on the in-laws if they've caused that or part of it. And so you and your husband need to sit down and come to an agreement on how you're going to say, you know, honey, it's just hard for me. It's my issue. When I go to your mom's house, I know it's me. I know I'm struggling with it. Mom's not going to be any different, but I need a little boundary in place. So maybe after we're there, I can be a half hour. Then I'm going to have to go for a walk or go to the store or come home or something that's going to help me be able to to be healthier in this situation. But man, you and your husband have to get on the same page. And the verse is Romans 12, 18. Thank you, Stephen. Stephen's our resident pastor here. He's, 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 uh, our own concordance. I bet you looked that up though, didn't you, Stephen? All right. Romans 12, 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with everyone. How's that? What do you think, Robin? Does that help? Yes. 
Yeah. Listen, I I would really seriously though, I really encourage you and your husband to sit down and talk. Um, don't just can't let mom in law destroy your marriage. Just can't do it, and he shouldn't let it either. All right. Thank you. Let me go to Marsha in Florida. How are you today, Marsha? Fine, thank you. Good. Appreciate your call. Thank what you. uh, What's your question today? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I told my daughter something when she was fourteen about you know the Lord and and you know if I I don't remember telling her this, but it's something to do with you know if you, if you don't have Jesus, then you're not going to go to heaven. So, in other words, well, that's kind of right out of the Bible. But go ahead. And so, and so, I I feel like um, it's it's taken her. You know, she don't want to have nothing to do with God or anything. And I feel like it's my fault. Whatever I said to her has turned her against God. And I was wondering what can I do to maybe change it. Well, first of all, Marcia, that's that's taking a lot of responsibility on yourself. You're, you're, we're not responsible for another person uh, when it comes to th- their decision to accept Christ um, or know about Him. Now, we can be a roadblock sometimes and be dumb and say things we shouldn't say. But, you know, you're, you're speaking the truth. There's one way to heaven, according to Scripture. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and it's only through Him. Jesus said, you know, uh, um, that, that verse that reminds us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, John three sixteen. And so it is true that uh, without Christ, people are not going to heaven. I mean, that that's I know that sounds narrow and I know that sounds restrictive and some of you are listening and say, well, I'm just quoting the scripture. I didn't write the book. I didn't, I didn't make the, this is God, this is God's plan. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. So I think the message to your daughter, Marcia, is that, honey, hey, listen, when I shared with you that truth, it's because I love you. Because the, the worst thing that would ever happen to me in my life would to know you'd live your whole life and you would not see Jesus and we wouldn't be together. And that's the only way I share that. You don't need to preach at her. Just love her, live your life. And, uh, but I think it's important for you, Marcia, Marcia, not to carry that guilt like you've done something wrong. I, I don't hear what you've done that was wrong. Okay. Thank you. Uh, but let, let me ask you, what are you feeling, Marcia? I just feel guilty for saying whatever I did. Because it seems like it took... She don't care nothing about God. The only thing I would say, here, listen, I hear your heart as a mom. You're broken because she doesn't know Jesus. But that's taking an awful lot of responsibility. This is, you know, God is a big God. I think instead of talking to your daughter, maybe you need to also be talking to God and saying, Lord, this is your daughter. You let her be with me for a while. But now she's yours. You do in her life whatever you need to do to draw her to yourself. And forgive me if anything I've done or said or whatever that may have been a roadblock. Yep. But at the end at the end of the day, this is her her response is between her and the Lord. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Do you believe that? Yes, sir. I do. Can I pray for you? 
Yes, please. Lord, I pray for Marcia and every Marcia listening who feels guilt. We all do at some level as a parent. We just recognize we're not perfect people. But you give us children to raise and to send out into a difficult world. We continue to love and pray for them and the grandchildren. We just pray in the case of Marcia and her daughter that her daughter will be convicted in some way, whatever you need to do to draw her to you. And that you'd give calm and peace to Marcia today. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Laughter, fun, hope. You'll experience all of this at the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. What's the process to build an intentional marriage? The reality is there should be a great big sign across our foreheads on the day we get married that says, Assembly Required. You'll have a great time at the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. Friday, March 1st at New Hope Church in East Lansing. And Saturday, March 2nd at the Auburn Hills Christian Center in Metro Detroit at 7 p.m. Register at theintentionallife.com. Hey, listen, if you haven't registered for that East Lansing or the Auburn Hills in Michigan conference, I have a question for you. Why? We're going to have a great time and we're going to see some lives change and marriage is encouraged. And that's the reason we get on airplanes and fly and do this. And this is our Michigan tour coming to Michigan the 1st of March. Now we live in Arizona right now. And my wife said, isn't that going to be cold? Yeah. That's okay. We're going to have a great time. East Lansing, March 1st, March 2nd, Auburn Hills. Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. Tickets going fast, literally going fast. Get your ticket today. Go to theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com. All right. We've only got a couple minutes. Quick question. Go right ahead. Hi, my name is Chris. I actually have a question. First time I've heard this show, and um, I'm about to get married next month. I'm a, I'm a single dad. I raised, I have full custody, I raised my two daughters, and I'm about to get married to a woman that uh, has three children. They're all young. They're ages from four, and the oldest is is 11. We both really try to live a Christ-centered life, but we're having trouble finding any information on, you know, what we should be doing as far as blending the family seamlessly in Christ. We both feel at peace about everything, but we just can't really find a lot of information. Thank you very much. All right, all right. Quick, uh, quick answer to you, Chris. First of all, congratulations. Uh, we had more dads and single dads thinking about this before they got remarried. They'd, we'd be better off. So thank you for doing that for the kids and for yourself. Uh, there's a resource, our friends at Family Life Blended. They have all sorts of books and you know things that can help you. Uh, so Google that, Family Life Blended. That'd be helpful. Uh, a couple things, though, for you, Chris. One is, listen, I've been at this a long time. Helping families, talk to thousands of blended families, and uh, enter with realistic expectations. Whatever's a yellow kind of flag before you get married isn't going to go away. It's probably only going to get worse. And so make sure you deal with the issues before you get married uh, and have realistic expectations entering the marriage. And then I think most important, if you're both believers, that you guys stand together. You don't let the light get between you. You don't let the kids, you don't let the in-laws, you don't let all the extraneous forces play their havoc in your relationship. You're so bonded, when you go to bed at night, you say, wow, there's a lot of people out there that are trying to bring us down, including our own kids. And uh, we're going to stand together and we're going to do this as a team. And uh, we're going to do it in love and, and agreement. All right? That's a short answer to a difficult question. Dr. Randy here. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Don't miss the uh, prayer journal. 
Go to theintentionallife.com. Dr. Randy here next time. We'll see you with more help for intentional living. See you then.